On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we have a full seven-round mock draft, full with some trades as well. We'll be talking about some uh, some prospects and some players and some spots that the Patriots might be going to and some players they might be looking at. We'll also have a conversation with Jack Adams as well. Uh, you may remember him. He's a good friend of the podcast. He's been on the show before. Uh, he is a prospect in the Red Wings organization, uh, recovering from an injury, but he came on to talk about his update and also... Uh, we talk a little Tom Brady and Jared Sidham. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's Allegedly, March is over, but my God, man, it feel like that month would never end. Uh, twenty twenty has felt like a decade. We just completed a decade, <laughs> and the last three weeks have felt like two decades. Um, but yeah. you know, flip the calendar to April. Um, hopefully, another month closer, another day closer to kind of continuing back to our you know normal regular lives. Um, and then also, which we're going to get into today, which is great. And people have some mixed opinions on it, right? About what they're doing for the NFL draft, that they're continuing to go on as scheduled, despite what's going on in the world right now. And I really think if, you know, as long as they're safe and, you know, they're planning to do it the right way, I think um, Schefter tweeted out kind of their game uh, draft day plans for the league. Um, I think it's it's great because it's a little bit of an escape from what's going on. Uh, I'm assuming we'll still be in this quarantine mode. Hopefully, the curve will, the, as they say, the curve will start coming down towards the end of April when yep. the, when the draft is. But it's a good escape, and it's really, I mean, I was really looking forward to the NFL draft for the you know since the season was over. But everything that's transpired the last couple weeks, I'm really really looking forward to oh, it yeah. i'm really happy that they're uh they're going through with it because that's really all we can look forward to right now right yep i agree more so than ever for sure so oh sorry right, let's get this let's get this uh let's get this be started here we are um absolutely we're doing a full a full seven round mock draft and again we're full uh filled with trades as well and so obviously the patriots through, have pick number 23 through the draft network through the draft network yes, our friends over there Good friends of the good friends of the show. We've had a bunch of draft network people on, and we're not done with draft network people either. So no, nope. uh, so that's uh, you know we'll give you give a little teaser there. So in the biz, they call that a teaser. In case you didn't know that. <laughs> um, so uh, so we are obviously Patriots are picking at twenty three. So we're going to start this guy up, and you can see obviously Joe Burrow number one, Chase Young number two, Simmons goes number three, which is a little surprising, but you know here and there. So. And then we'll kind of we'll you don't need to know the rest. I'm not going to list off every single one of them. But at 23, there are some players on the board that that I like. Um, I like um, uh, Ezra Cleveland a lot. I like Xavier McKinney a lot. I like Denzel Mims a lot too. I also yeah. like Antoine Winfield and Patrick Queen. The thing about those two guys, 
I think we can wait on Winfield and Queen. I think that'd be a little bit of a reach for those guys. I think we trade back here. I think that makes the most sense to trade back. Yeah, so one team that really sticks out to me as far as a trade goes is Indianapolis, right? They had just traded pick 13 for DeForest Buckner to San Francisco a few weeks back. Um, They have two second-round picks, 34 and 44, um, currently right now. Uh, So you want to put a trade through here, Pat? Let's see what what happens. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So we're going to offer 23 and 87 to Indy for 34, 44, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. We know Belichick loves those next year's draft picks. And it went through. So that is our trade now. We're going to trade back. So we just traded pick 23 and 87, like Pat said, for pick 34, 44, and a 2021 fourth. So now fast-forwarding to pick 34 now, obviously trading with – you know, trading back and, you know, substituting those picks with Indianapolis. There's some interesting guys on the board, definitely of need to guys yes. that you had mentioned, Pat, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor's there. Doesn't provide much of a need right now. Great yeah. player, but just don't need him. But I'm looking at Antoine Winfield, the safety out of Minnesota. Really love his game. His father yep. was a football legend. Um, and then Patrick Queen, the outside linebacker from LSU, which obviously is a much needed. Um, void to fill there with Van Noy and Collins going out. Personally, if I'm picking here, I'm going Patrick Queen at 34. I think that's the best value that can help them day one. What do you think? Yeah, uh, listen, I agree with you 100%. I, I think Queen is definitely the pick here. And so uh, let's put it on the board. Patrick Queen at right. 34. Patrick Queen at 34 it is. Now, obviously, this right. mock draft simulator is a lot faster than real life. So we're back <laughs> up again 10 picks later at pick 44, the same trade that we had traded with Indy for and uh, some good players on the board. Once again, Cesar Ruiz, an interior, you know, a center from Michigan that also has shown some promise to be able to play guard at the next level. Uh, This guy really love Yator Gross, Gross Matos out of Penn state edge rusher, just a, just a, you know, flat out beast. Um, And then, you know, if you want to address safety here, we got Kyle Duggar, the, the, the D two kid, who's just a, an all around ball Hawk freak. Uh, I'm interested yeah. in what, what you would like to go here, Pat. I'll tell you what, man. Duggar is one that really interests me. He's intriguing because he's a guy that I don't know. I mean, look, the Patriots need a safety for sure. Um, you know, but I don't know if if they necessarily love his game because he's super, super raw. But at the same time, the depth that they have in this secondary to have a guy with that physical ability uh would be pretty interesting now there is t higgins is, is available too um i think right and so there there yep, we could also there. go wide receiver here um you know if we wanted to i like the idea of going uh interior offensive line as well so cesar ruiz could be you know could be a spot here too and, and again gross made same thing uh you know on the on the defensive line so there's a lot of really good options here uh, I'm going to defer to you, Spags. I'm going to let you choose your guy because, honestly, I'd be fine with any of those three. And really, even if you wanted to take a wide receiver here, I'd be fine with that as well. Um, but uh, but I'd be fine with either uh, either going offensive line, defensive line, um, or, even, um, or even safety. Yeah, so right now, obviously, we're not going to be picking, right, until 98. Obviously, you might be right. able to make a trade and move up here. Uh, still some good wide receivers, very deep class, right? I think T Higgins is a, 
is a definitely an intriguing prospect because he can play outside the numbers, big physical guy who's going to add some strength to his game. And I think will allow him to be able to, you know, make that jump to the pro level. But I have it hard to believe with you gross Matos there, you know, one of the best edge rushers in this class, if he's available at 44, I know that's too, you know, defensive guys coming off the board early, but those are two guys that can help you right away. Um, I'm going to have to go with him. You tour gross matters. I think that's the right pick right there out of Penn state. Let's do it. 44. All right. Love it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to actually pause the draft right now because, uh, we were, we were chatting before, but we, we don't love this gap here, right? We traded up, but we, we had talked about trading up and we said, you know, if we're, if we're trading up, we're going to have a really big gap between where we're I'm sorry. We traded back. So if we're trading back, we're gonna have a really big gap here, and so I think we're gonna to try to trade up uh, from our ninety-eight spot. And so, um, what are we? We're offering to who is it? Uh, Denver yeah, is it so we're offering to Denver. Denver's got a lot of picks, kind of in the middle of the third, three and four rounds, which Belichick really likes. Um, so I'm gonna plug into play here and, and try to trade with Denver. Um, and, and you know, obviously with the Patriots at 98, 125, 204, those are the three picks we're going to try to deal over here to Denver and try to pick up some capital for next year. Obviously we had got the fourth from Indy, um, but really want to move up and, and, you know, Belichick doesn't like to pick, right? Pick at 23 and then don't pick till 87. That's just, they don't like to wait around. They like a cream of the crop, a lot of guys. So let's go ahead and send that over yep. to Denver. We're going to trade 98, 125, and 204 to Denver for pick 83 and a 2021 fifth. And that was approved and accepted by the Denver Broncos. So the Patriots now, obviously we drafted at 34, 44. Now we will pick again at 83, moving up a few slots from 87 and uh, picking up some capital for next year. So let's go ahead and resume the draft about 40 picks or so over to 83 where the Patriots will select again. We are on the clock right now. Obviously the Patriots have gone. Uh, Patrick (laughs) Queen at 34, Yator Gross Matos at 44. Um, And we're picking here at 83, 100 and 172 currently right now. So, or 125, 100, 125 and 172 right now. So we get a little bit of, um, you know, some leeway here. Good, good, you know, 15 or so picks in between can definitely find some yep. great value there. Um, as far as players on the board, Matt Hennessy, another center out of temple, Adam Trotman, the tight end who we're, we're very high on, um, you know, some good offensive tackle and, and Ben Barch, the D three guy, you got Ashton Davis, a pretty good safety. Pat, I'll let you take away with this one. I, I think I know where you're going though. Oh, 1000%. I'm going Trotman here. This is, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm just, I'm just predicting right now, this exact trade could happen on draft day. They could get to 83. Adam Trout would be sitting there. The entire state, the entire region of New England would be saying, please God draft Adam Trotman and Bill Belichick will not do it. And so we're going to do it now. <laughs> we're going to do it now. We're doing it now, even though it might not happen regular, but you know, we'll do it for you guys right now, because honestly, I just, I, I love this kid. And I, uh, I'm hoping that they that they address tight end, and so uh, like we said, we they don't have a pick till uh, till 100, and then it's and then it's a steep drop between 100 and 172. We're gonna let that we're gonna let that ride though, right? We traded 125 to move up, and I think moving up helped us here because we're able to get one of these guys. Uh, I think that that's why we did it in the first place 
was to get a guy like this. And uh, Trotman's there. He addresses, obviously, a massive need for the Patriots. And so let's uh, let's roll with it. So for you listeners out there that are not falling around, obviously this had been tweeted out by me and Pat. But so far right now, we have picked Patrick Queen, the outside linebacker at LSU uh, at 34, Utor Gross Matos at 44, defensive end for Penn State, and Adam Trotman, tight end out of Dayton at 83. We are coming up on the board right again here, 17 picks later at pick 100. I think this is when you got to go wide receiver here. Um, some interesting Probably, names, yeah. Gabriel Davis out of UCF. I'm not necessarily too high on him. Um, Three-year starter, yeah. Central Florida, um, you know, improved a lot as the years went on. Uh, but, you know, there's still there's still some guys out there. Obviously, I would have loved Van Jefferson. He is not available right now. Uh, so this is an interesting one, right? I mean, you got Gabriel Davis. Jacob Eason is still there. Pick 100. Would they go him there? Um, uh, I'm going right. to, you know, Tyler Johnson, another wide receiver. I think this is cream of the crop wide receiver type pick. I think they're yeah. going to go Yeah, click, on, click on the offensive screen, would you? Yeah, for sure. So as far as, you know, for, you know, offense or wide receiver goes, is that kind of where yeah. we want to trend here, Pat? We want to go wide receiver? So I, I think really it's a good like idea. KJ Hill. That's I think what I was, that's the guy I'm looking at too. Yeah. Great pick. Just a perfect, I think fits really well. Super good route runner. Very slippery. Can do things with the ball in his hand. Catches everything. I think that's our guy here at 100, Pat. What do you think? Yep. I like it. Book it. All right. We're going to go KJ Hill at pick 100. And we are not up for a while here at 172. Yeah. So as this. Yeah, as it goes through. Now, now I'm thinking here around the 172 mark, I'm thinking we probably have to look. Now, maybe we can look. Um, maybe we can look at at um, at quarterback theoretically, but I think probably what we should be looking at is offensive line. Um, that's yeah, probably what, and, and, what I think we should be looking at. You know, obviously not picking here, right? We have 100. And then we're not, you know, we're pick, we picked at 100. We're picking at 172. Um, yep. And then we have a lot of picks here, right? I, I think I'd like to try to move, you know, 212 or 213, maybe to get early in the sixth round, late in the fifth. But let's pick here right. at 172 and then see if we can try to move up after yeah, that to try to get another pick here. So yep. Patriots are coming up on the board here at 172. Uh, we have gone outside linebacker, defensive end, tight end and wide receiver so far. Um, this could be right. Like you said, maybe a quarterback here, but if Stidham is truly their guy, maybe not. I'm right. looking at a guard here, potentially, uh, you know, a safety. One guy that sticks out here that's available for me is the guard, Jonah Jackson out of Ohio State. Uh, transferred in from Rutgers. Um, was a third-team All-America as a senior in 2019. Um, I, I really like this kid. Big, very good blocker, both in pass pro and run uh, run blocking. Uh, that could be a guy, but you know we'll see here. I, I don't. What are you thinking, Pat? You know what? I'm down with that because I do think they need. They definitely need interior help. Um, I thought. You know, I think maybe a guy, a guy that can play center might be might be valuable to them as well. But you know, Nick Harris is is the top rated center at least on the board right now. Yeah. I think Jonah Jackson's a better player than him. And so uh, I think, you know, you're looking at the interior offensive line. I think, you know, your ideal is um, is to go for your best player. 
And so, so I think Jonah Jackson is the, is the right pick there. Let's do it. Jonah Jackson. And now with us not picking really until, you know, I believe it's, we wouldn't pick here till 204. Then we have, you know, 223. Yeah, we traded, we just traded 204. So, so, oh, that's so right. we're drafting so we wouldn't pick till 212, 195. One, yeah, 195, yeah. yeah. And then So two, let's you know, try to move up here. Yeah, we have a lot of picks in the later draft. Will they use all these picks? Probably not, right? That's why we're going to trade, you know, a couple this year on and then one next year, which we obviously did getting the fourth from Indy next year and the fifth next year from Denver. Right. Uh, one team that sticks out to me, Pat, is is the Giants. Not, you know, kind of similar here. A lot of picks that are spread out. Um, pick 183 from them really stands out to me. It's earlier in the sixth round. We have two sevens at 212 and 213. I think we try to swing a trade here for 212 and 213 for pick 183 of the Giants. What do you say? I like it. Let's do it. So let's send it through and... That was accepted. So there we go. We move up again here, trading pick 212 and 213 to the Giants for pick 183. So look at, obviously the Patriots, I I like this draft so far. Pick at 34, 44, 83, and 100. You get two picks that are very close. Another two picks that are very close, 83 and 100. You don't draft for a while at 172. But now we move up. We get 183. We pick again at 195, then 230, 241. I really like how we traded in. Got a lot of picks early in the first three rounds that are crammed in and then late in the rounds that are crammed in too. So back yep, up on I the like board it. here at 183. Obviously, like I said, we traded 212 and 213 for 183 from the Giants. Um, this is, a you know, I think a safety spot for New England, a six-round kind of guy. I think that's an area that they need to go. Um, eventually yeah. in the draft, whether they go early or late with McKinney, somewhere like that, obviously with the draft we're doing now. Some of these safeties that stand out to me, Tanner Muse out of, uh, safety, tough safety, big, instinctive. He's kind of built like a linebacker. Obviously, coming from Clemson, you know he, he's, a, you know, a lot of those guys come in pro ready because of the, the system and, and the way Dabo runs things down there. Uh, that's a guy that sticks out to me. But uh, look at, you know, you can kind of pick on the uh, the guys on the board here and see if you go a different way. No, you know what I like? I like the Muse pick a lot. I actually the the guy from uh, his teammate, Kayvon Wallace, I think is is really kind of the perfect fit for the Patriots now. Unfortunately, uh, the way the draft shook out, we didn't we didn't have an opportunity to take him uh, in, a, in a spot that made sense. But I do like the idea of getting someone like that. I like Muse a lot as well. And so uh, I think that works out well. And again, Pat Chung's getting up there in age, right? And so we're going to need yep. someone that can come in and do that Pat Chung role. Now, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's Jawan Williams. I don't know. Um, but Phillips. I think, you know, yeah, Adrian Phillips, I think. I think having another guy like that on the team, it, it certainly isn't a bad thing. And so, uh, so I think Tanner Let's go Muse Tanner makes a lot of sense Tanner Muse out of Clemson at 183. Coming back here, we're on the board at 195. This is where it yep. gets interesting. Now we have, you know, I think we're good for trades. We have three picks remaining in this draft. 195, 230, and 241. Obviously, right now, Patriots need a kicker. I still think it's very early for one. You can probably find one in the 230, 241 range. But hey, right. Bill Belichick did trade up and get Jake Bailey in what, the four, the fifth round last year? Fifth round last so year, it's, yeah. it's yep. possible to take a guy like that here. Um, I think 195, you know, look at an inside linebacker here. Evan Weaver's on the board. Um, you could help your interior run game here with a couple D tackles. McTelvin Agum. Out of Arkansas, Darren Daniels out of Nebraska. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. What are you thinking here, Pat? 
I'm I'm curious what's there what's there at uh at tackle offensive tackle because I think they might yeah, need that, that's a, definitely uh, a tackle of need here. Trey Adams out of Washington, um, Yasir Durant. I think that could be a, a position they go obviously with age and um you know obviously I think they have Kajust kind of penciled in to kind of take the reins over there, but we haven't seen him so who knows. Right. Um, yeah, offensive tackle here would be intriguing. I still think it might be a little early. That might be a reach on some guys. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I, I, I really like Evan do. Weaver here. I, I really like Evan okay. Weaver, an inside linebacker. Um, I think that's the pick. I, I'm big on him at, out of Cal. Um, anywhere I've seen him go in the third round in some mocks. So let's go Evan yeah. Weaver here at 195. Right, and so that is the pick at 195. Now we're not coming back up again till 230. Uh, and let's let's let it rock here. Yep, and I think we'll go kicker, maybe a two thirty, and then I think so. Finish it out so this is where it's two. interesting. So we have at kicker Tyler Bass and Rodrigo Blankenship. I love Rodrigo Blankenship. I love the glasses. I think it's a I mean, cool story. Definitely sell, yeah, sell some jerseys. But this yep. Tyler Bass kid is legit. He's a good kicker. Yeah. I actually saw him pop up on on on. Uh, Twitter, his his you know recruiting tape. I think this is the guy. I think this is the guy Bill would like. Uh, I think he's yeah. a much better kicker than Blankenship. If he's there at two thirty, it's hard to pass up. I, I like Tyler Bass. Hey, listen. You know what? I mean, when's the last time they took that like flashy guy that everyone wanted them to take? You know what I mean? Like yeah. Blankenship. Although Maybe Braxton Berrios. You're right. You're that's very true. But he but he yeah. You're right. That it was is true. six round pick, <laughs> but, right? I mean, but no, but yeah. you're you're right. It's Seven never yeah, you're right. not, like, you. That's the only guy that comes to my name that are guys like this is who we want. This fits so well. Right. Like it's right. kind of like Adam Trotman right now. Is that going to pan out? Yeah. Who knows? But right. I like Tyler Bass here at two thirty. Obviously, Let's do it. no kicker right now. Tyler Bass is going in at two thirty, and then the last pick two forty one. Um, you know, are they going to go quarterback here? That's interesting. I, I don't like that we haven't picked up a tackle yet. But yeah, um, me with obviously Coder, Cody Kessler out and not a lot of cap space, I think it's more likely for them to go quarterback here, right? I mean, it makes makes most sense unless you're bringing in a guy to be uh, the practice squad QB, third string, kind of run the scout team, and you're just going to roll the dice with Stidham or Hoyer. Uh, but I yeah, still think they're going to draft one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think drafting one makes sense. I love, I mean, the kid that I love, um, I'm like, I'm like in love in Malcolm Perry. He just, I just love the kid. Now he's obviously not a quarterback. He's a running back. He was a quarterback, yeah, uh, but he's a running back now. But I just, uh, you know, I watched him play Out a few Navy. games at, at Navy, at, right? At Navy, yeah. He is just, he's sick. Um, yeah. But again, I don't know how his game translates to the NFL, and and uh, you know, we'll see if he can actually get anything done. But um, but I'm down with quarterback. I'm down. Uh, I'm down taking a quarterback if, the, if that's what you want to do. I think it makes sense that they will go after a quarterback at some point, um, even just to have him on the practice squad. And so, uh, yeah. so I'm down with yeah. with whomever you'd like here. So yeah, Stephen Montez, Shea Patterson, Kevin Davidson, Jake Luton of of the you know these are kind of the quarterbacks left. I think that will still get drafted that are a late round guy. I really like Luton. He's a big kid, good pocket passer. He's kind of popped up my mock. Um, I think yeah. that make the most sense, but, um, you know, let's go Steven Montez here at 241 as the seventh okay. round pick here. And that will finish up our mock draft, our uh, first ever seven round mock draft. I think we're going to try to do this, um, every week, right? I mean, try to lead it up. I think we're just under, three I think it makes sense in the NFL draft. 
Um, yeah, we probably won't. We probably won't have it be as long uh, as this one. We kind of we w- walked you through it a lot, I think. But I think, you know, that uh, we might do one together and then kind of walk you through what we did. Um, yeah, because like you said, I mean, you know, this is what I, I mean, in my opinion, this is what everyone should be doing. Right. I mean, like, what yeah. the heck? What are you doing? Like, we might as well be mocking things up. So um, for sure. So, so our, to take you through, Pat, you want to run through it or you want me to? here? Uh, yeah, I can recap it. Sure. That's so, okay. so we started off, uh, we had 23, obviously we traded 23, uh, and 87 to Indy and, uh, we got 34 and 44 back and a 2021 fourth round pick as well. Uh, at 34, we took Patrick queen and, uh, you had a gross, uh, gross Matos, uh, who I think, you know, both of those guys can help now. Is it the same kind of position? Yeah, they play in the same kind of position, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, then we traded up again. We traded up this time. Uh, we traded 98, uh, 125, and 204 to Denver and got 83 and a 2021 fifth round pick. Uh, and with 83, we drafted Adam Trotman, the tight end from Dayton. That at 100, which was our pick uh, originally, we drafted KJ Hill at 172, Jonah Jackson. And again, we traded up again. This time with the Giants, we traded 212 and 213. Uh, for 183, and we drafted Tanner Muse, the safety from Clemson. And then we finished up the draft with three more picks, uh, 195, Evan Weaver, the inside linebacker from Cal. 230, we got our kicker, Tyler Bass from Georgia Southern. And at 241, Steven Montez, the quarterback from Colorado. So all in all, you know, that's what, nine picks, uh, nine draft picks coming in and two uh, two middle round picks next year. Um, I think that's great. I think it's great haul. I think so too, right? I mean, I think it might be a little bit of a head scratcher going Queen and Matos, uh, Gross Math Matos at 34 and 44, right? You kind of got an outside linebacker and an edge rusher, but you know, I don't know. I, I think if those two are available, right, you're just taking the best available on the board. I like that pick. There wasn't really yeah. much there at 44 that made sense. Maybe T Higgins, right? But you're still getting pretty good value, I think, in a five-year guy, KJ Hill, led Ohio State, the all-time catch yep. record. You get him you know, 50 slots later that I think fits a little bit better here. I think his game would translate yeah. pretty well here. In New England. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I overall pretty happy with it, right? I think uh, maybe we should have went offensive tackle uh, at some point. But like I said, we just didn't find the the, the value there. Uh, maybe at 195 with Weaver, you, we, we went very defensive heavy for sure. But yes, we did. Hey, that's what Bill Belichick likes to build his team on. Well, and you know, that's the interesting thing is that you look at it and say, well, the Patriots have a strong defense. And so, you know, they should address offense more in the draft. But at the same time, when you're looking at it, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Patriots to stick on the defensive side of the ball, because when you bring those guys in, now they're learning from those elite players that are already there. So you get a guy like Patrick Queen that comes in. Okay, great. He's going to eventually maybe fill that Kyle Van Noy role. Can he do that day one? Maybe not. Now, maybe not the level that Van Noy did it last year, but, you know, can he can he get there eventually? Yeah, probably. And so you have guys like, you know, like Hightower and like Bentley who can mentor him through that process. And so I think that, you know, to me, that's what makes a lot of sense for me, um, you know, is going after those guys. And again, we know we know how important, you know, defense is for the Patriots. And so, you know, that's where the if that if that's where they're going to go, I think that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, you get a tight end, you get a wide receiver, 
Do I think they're going to go tackle at some point? I do think they're going to go tackle. Interestingly enough, you know, at 23, the pick that we traded to Indy, they drafted a tackle, uh, Ezra Cleveland, who I think, you know, could fit here in New England. But do I want to take him at 23? Not, not really. And so that's the, that's the part of it. Like, I don't know what's there at 23, what you're going to love, but they just spent, matter of fact, at 23, they drafted Isaiah Wynn. So now you're going to spend another, you know, top 25 pick on a, on a tackle. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me. No, I, I think you're right. Like I said, those first two might be a little bit of a head scratcher to some people, but you're getting two elite playmakers and difference right. makers on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, look, if you add Patrick Queen somehow and you tour Gross Matos, I keep probably butchering his name, but it's it's yeah, tongue twister. But that's okay. If you can Whatever. add those two to your defense for next year, yeah, you're even better. You, right. you know, like right. it, it. You know, obviously rookies, and they're going to come in with high expectations, and you know, we're we're speaking. In, in you know fiction here if this could never happen but i like that I, and then you like i said you get trotman and kj hill or guys that are you know older more you know mature guys that i think can help help you day one i agree i agree so hey man this is a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and like you said we're gonna we'll be doing this we are gonna yeah we are gonna do more i think i think what we might do um next time is because i i think we'll probably either either we'll walk through it's uh quicker we'll just we'll go through it quicker or um maybe we'll do like you know only four rounds or something like that you know like instead of instead of uh the end of the draft or something like that so yeah yeah that's you know let us know too let us know if you're in there uh what what you think's better maybe maybe we should have announced the trades earlier not going through them but hey we're learning here and it was a lot of fun yeah yeah exactly so anyways well thank you for joining us uh along on our on our journey uh, we do have that interview with Jack coming up. Uh, so you definitely want to stick around for that as well. Um, but we will, uh, we'll talk to you next week. We should have, could have a pretty big week coming next week. We get, we got some things percolating. And so, uh, so we we're got some trying, things coming up. Man. This one that we're, it's just, you know what I'm talking about too. This one would be really uh-huh. like probably one of our best be- guests ever. And you probably yeah. couldn't guess him, but once you, we said the name and I don't want to do it yet because it's kind of no, a little no, no. bit difficult, but yep. We're really looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll be able to get it at some point this off season. Um, yeah, it'd be a huge guest. Guest, one of our biggest ones, not as big as the Sunny Michelle that you know you weird brag got to do in person. If I wasn't <laughs> in college, then I would have been able to go with you. But uh, this guy's yeah. a you know a, a legit dude who knows a lot about yep. uh, a particular player and, and blah blah blah. I'm not going to get in too much into it, but we have no, some, yeah. some things no, on the horizon a, that are that we got a few. Up. We got a few big ones percolating, so. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. But, anyways, thanks for uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, and we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'd like to welcome on to the show, old friend of the show, and a very old friend of mine, Jack Adams, uh, current hockey player at Union College, Detroit Red Wings prospect. He was on the show, I believe, towards the end of last summer, right right near uh, training camp or maybe during training camp. But uh, Jack hit me up last week, and uh, you know. Me and Pat are probably two huge Tom Brady friends, and Jack's right up there with us. So he wanted to hop on, talk a little Brady, give us, you know, more a little bit with us, and uh, we, we figured you'd have a great guy on. So how's it going, Jack? Yeah, it's good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm just, just like you guys, uh, enjoying the whole social distance thing with my family, and obviously uh, still pretty pissed about Tom, but, you know, pretty thankful for all the great times that we had with him, obviously, but. Yeah, you know, it's been a crazy 2020, to say the least, right? Oh, my God. I mean, j- just from everything that started, yeah. right? You had Kobe, 
you get the coronavirus, Tom Brady, and I mean, obviously, there's some things that are much more important than others, but it's been a whirlwind of a year. For the, it feels like this three months have been on for a decade, but um, I, I know you're probably feeling the same way. I know me and Pat feel this way as well as, you know, the first couple days were tough with that and we're, you know, um, we're trying to trend away towards looking towards the future and this new era of Patriots football, but it's really hard to think about, especially for us being 22, 23 years old, it's been our whole life, uh, Tom Brady. But, uh, now the time's gone on, you're, you're more thankful. You're so appreciative of, of having him around. And now it's just looking forward to see, you know, what, what's ahead. Yeah. I think you pretty hit that pretty nail on the coffin spags. Like, as you know, like you and I grew up playing Islanders and baseball together and, we were both obviously huge Patriots, but even bigger Tom Brady fans. And I mean, to see like a childhood hero of ours is, you know, essentially walk away because of, you know, hypothetically a feud between him and the head coach. I mean, that, that sucks. And that's pretty heartbreaking. Uh. But like you said, it's like, I've, I've gone through like the phases of like, I mean, at the very beginning, I was just like kind of in the, the denial phase as I think most Patriots fans were. And I mean, I got pretty pissed for a bit because, you know, I, I saw so many different reports, so many different media outlets, obviously. But now it's just like, and like you kind of said, like every time I see Tom Brady on social media, it's just like 100% thinking about you know, the 2014 versus Seattle, the victories and the, and the Atlanta victory and the Rams, all the great times and all the media stuff he's done, the community and Giselle. I mean, he's just been such an amazing ambassador for us, the community, the entire world. And the fact that we've got, you know, one, fourth of our life essentially to have a role model like that I mean not many sports fans can say that so I hope hopefully you know he does the best and keeps winning championships down in Tampa if it's not the Patriots but at the same time I mean I think it's an exciting time for Pats fans like as you know Spags you and I have been talking a lot about the Stidham guy and I'm excited like it just like Brady got an opportunity from blood so I mean I think this is a good opportunity for the next guy and this this will be a big you know dramatic sequence of is it the system or is it Brady and I think this year will be a pretty good test of that that's uh, I'll tell you what man I don't think it's going to be real until until training camp you know when when the teams get there and then all of a sudden yep. you get the team on the field and it, it's not Tom Brady you know because right now obviously you know it hurts and it sucks and everything else but then it's like Oh yeah, like Tom Brady's still still in the league, but he's not on the Patriots. So that's gonna be really strange. But I agree with you. I think, you know, we've done a great job and Spag's been on this on this boat for a while and, and I told this uh <laughs> I, I've been I've t- been telling the story for, tell for the story. weeks now. Yeah. But but so uh I I got a, I got a press pass uh for one event last year to uh, yeah. uh in stadium practice before the season started. And um yeah. and I'm in the press box with a bunch of the guys or whatever. Bowen and Andy Hart and all these guys or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like, Stidham, Stidham's out there playing. I'm like, Jared Stidham's going to be the next starting quarterback for the Patriots. And I'm like, shut the hell up. They all laughed at me. Like, what are you nuts? Like, and I'm like, I don't know what. Now, look, there's, there's a long way to go, right? But I think for me, I see some of the things that I saw in Jimmy G, which is yep. quick release. You know, he, he, he can move in the pocket. He can move outside the pocket if he has to. But he's got a really quick release, and he has quick processing speed. And again, does that mean everything? No. But we were talking about this with Phil Perry, and it's like, you know, that's one of the main things that the Patriots value the most. They want you to be able to see the field, make a decision, get the ball the hell out of your hands. Because at the end of the day, that's what the offense is predicated upon. It's, It's predicated upon you making the right read and then throwing it. 
And, you know, and so, yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And, and when the real boats are flying, we still don't know. Right. Obviously. I mean, the kid attempted yeah. four career passes, you know, in the NFL during the regular season, one of them was a pick six. Right. So like, yeah. so you don't know, but based on what you saw in the preseason and based on what you saw in training camp and based on what everyone's saying in the locker room, you know, it's, it's at least promising. And so that's why for me, it's like, Hey, you know, what are you going to yeah. do? And, and I, it's funny you mentioned Brady and Belichick. Cause I go back to that Brady and Belichick year. And I, my father still says to this day that, you know, the Jets game was was Bledsoe's last start, no matter what. Now I think he's crazy. I don't think Belichick was ever going to bench Bledsoe after giving him a ten year hundred million dollar contract. But with that being said, Tom Brady was the best quarterback at training camp that season. It was not Drew Bledsoe. He wasn't the best backup quarterback. He was the best quarterback at training camp that season, and so yep. he was ready to take over. Belichick was ready to have him take over, and now Bill's doing the same thing here with Stidham now you know obviously Brady didn't suffer any any career you know life-altering injury like Bledsoe did but you know when you look at what he did he had an opportunity to bring Brady back Brady wanted to come back they could have made the money work they would have figured it out but he didn't want Brady back now whether that means he only wanted Brady back for one year and he didn't want him for two years because he thought you know who knows what that really means but at the end of the day, he could have had him back, and he didn't, and he's choosing to go with Jared Stidham instead. And so I think that that, above everything, is is at least a good sign for the for the team. I think so, too. And, like, when, like you said, like, when I first saw Stidham play, like, the first thing I thought of was Jimmy G. And I know both of you guys are – you guys have good memories. You guys probably remember, like, Garoppolo's rookie year in 2014 when he was oh, – yeah. uh, like, his preseason games versus Washington and then Carolina and Philly. Like, I remember watching it. I was like, this guy is, like, legit. And then he followed it up versus uh, Philly. I was like, okay, there's something going on. And then uh, Carolina, he was a stud. And that, that, that kind of drove out Ryan Mallett. And I was like, okay, like, this guy is actually, like, got something to play with here. And the next, yeah. like, two years in preseason, like, Garoppolo wasn't that impressive than at the following preseasons after that. But everyone was so high on him with that first preseason. If you, look, if you look at, like, Stidham's preseason last year, like, it was, pretty damn close to that if not better and that's yeah, like he, very he really grew to watch, too you know? from start to start right i mean the first game versus detroit hoyer started and then he came in i think he was like 13 for 19 you know through through yep. some fantastic balls that two drops in the end zone like just yep. dropped it in the bucket to maurice harris followed it up the next week um with who they fit uh carolina fantastic uh, then the, yep. the the preseason uh, the ender versus uh, the Giants he you know threw a pick but threw a nice touchdown two nice touchdowns to Marius Thomas uh, I'm sure I'm yep. missing one yep. in there but um, you know he grew from start to start that's tough to see from a rookie quarterback especially as a fourth round pick to become a come in like that kind of slow the game down make the right decisions throw nice you know I mean the kid can throw a nice ball I mean that's that's kind of what yeah. sticks out to him that he can just snap it he puts fantastic touch super accurate makes the right decisions that's all you need from a Patriots if if they want to you know I think the cool thing and the more intriguing part of this year is they're we're going to be able to see them run some you know a more of a modern offense now, I'm not saying you know RPOs yeah. and they're going to be like Lamar Jackson but they'll be able to do a little bit more and I'm interested to see what right. McDaniels can do with this kid. I think that's really intriguing. Because you saw, like, his deep ball. Like, like that's the one thing that like, when I first watched Garoppolo yep. versus Washington, when he hit, like, Tim's in those, those big deep balls. You know, remember that guy, Tim's in 2014? Yeah, yep. Oh, yeah. Like, that, oh, yeah, he was, he was a riot. But, like, 
like the, the deep ball we noticed was like, damn, like that's pretty impressive. Cause like the Patriot system, like really just like enforces our quarterbacks to like hit those underneath routes. And I think that's more the system than the quarterback, in my opinion. So I think, I think if we, right. if McDaniels like keeps grooving him, that like he can, you know, essentially bold that, bold that into Sidham's philosophy going forward. But you can't, you can't teach the deep ball. You can't teach the strength, the poise, the awareness. And like those are all like things that, if I'm not mistaken, mistaken Spags, I'm pretty sure, like, wasn't he supposed to be, like, a high pick? Yes. He was a Baylor, and then, and then he, like, yeah, transferred over, and it, it, kind of, it was kind of a shit show after that. Yeah, he was a number one. He was a five-star out of Texas. The number one quarterback out of Texas was ranked higher than Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, all those guys, and was supposed to be a first-round pick in that draft with Mayfield, Rosen, yep. Darnold, Josh Allen. And then, um, you know, there was a – it was a sexual assault thing with the with the whole Baylor coaching staff or something like that. They all got fired. He yep. transferred, sat yep. out a year, went to Auburn, and they were just power yeah. on heavy. Really didn't you know yeah. um, use him the best of his ability. But he's got he's got a first round arm. Like there's no talent. Ta- no I think question Belichick's great. I think Belichick's great at finding like those kind of gems who like do have the first round talent, but had like one or two flaws and made him drop a few rounds. And he is like so good he can groove those flaws out of him. I hope oh, at yeah. least. And I think that's exciting. Yeah. I also think that I wouldn't be, I mean, I can't see them signing a free agent right now from what's left. I know we, we kind of talked about it, Spags, and I don't know what you, Pat, but like, I can't see them taking in Newton or no, I agree. anyone. I, I, agree I, would, I would hate that. That'd be yeah, stupid. I mean, at this point, it'd be stupid. Right? Like, I, don't, I just don't know where Cam Newton fits in our philosophy. And oh. I, just, I, I, I don't understand at all for people who are suggesting that. Yeah, it doesn't. People see the name and they think, "Oh, it'd be so much fun to have Cam Newton." And at the end of the day, it's just not. It's not accurate. It's just not. It's not you know, twenty fifteen. Cam, he doesn't fit here, right? And and also, like you're starting over again. So if you're starting yeah. over and rebuilding, why are you bringing in a guy who? Hey, listen, Cam, you know, played an MVP caliber right back in twenty fifteen. But does that mean he's going to do that again five years later? I don't know. Maybe he could. But, like, you really want to take a chance on that right now when you have a guy that you think, you know, could be the next guy? And and so, you know, we'll see. Now, the, the thing about Sidham, and this is where I want, you know, where people need to, like, take a Pump step back. I, ca- I yeah. caution people. Because my thing is this, right? Two things. Number one, Jared Sidham has the hardest job in the history of professional sports. It is the hardest job in the history of professional sports. He has By to far. take over the quarterback position of the New England Patriots after Tom Brady left. I mean, it's an almost impossible task. I look at Stephen Gostowski. Look at how good Stephen Gostowski was, right? Yep. But how right much everyone here hated him because he was after Vinatieri. If he, if Adam Vinatieri never came here to New England, Stephen Gostowski would be we we'd build a freaking statue of him outside Gillette Stadium. But because Literally. Vinatieri came first, you know, nothing was ever good enough. And so this kid comes in. If he doesn't win multiple Super Bowls, it's never going to be good enough for anyone else. And even if he does win multiple Super Bowls, it's like, well, yeah, but, you know, Tom was better. Which, Tom was better. He's freaking Tom Brady. But, he, you know, it's like we have to, you know, let's – everyone needs to be take realistic. a step back from him. Right. And the other, the other part of it too, I mean, and this is the other thing, is that, you know, preseason is great. But at the end of the day – not you know 70% of those guys you're facing are never playing in the NFL or they're certainly not ready to play in the NFL yet and the other part of it too is that the defensive coordinators aren't running the schemes 
The offense coordinators oh. aren't running the full offense. So you don't have to read the field. You don't have to see, you know, it's, they're not trying to confuse you. You're just kind of lining up and running. Now, the good thing is, is that he looks good doing that. He can make those throws. He can make all those throws. He got the quick decision making everything else. But then once the live bullets start start flying, now at least we'll have an idea of what goes on. But you won't know that until I'd say week one, but not even week one. You won't know that till you know, week 14, 15, 16, 17, when, you know, the, the full offense and the full defense is going and we're ramping up for the playoffs and, and, you know, trying to figure out what happens. By the end of this season, you'll have an idea whether you can do it or not. And, you know, I hope that he does. I think that I think that he does. But there's no way to know until, you know, until we until we get into into the regular season. Yeah, but I, I really, I really do think that if we can get our run game back that like we had two years ago with you know Andrew coming back and hopefully uh, James Devlin's hopefully healthy regardless if he can't. But and also I really hope that Newhouse never even looks the field ever again in my life. <laughs> Awful. No, that you is true, and it's definitely going to take some some heat off Stidham if they can. I mean, look exactly. at you, you can you can run like the Patriots ran their way to a six Super Bowl title. Like there wasn't any yeah. secret oh about God. that. They. Bullied guys up front, they they just, I mean, the holes you could drive a Mack truck through. But if they can get that yeah. running game even to half of what that was, it makes Sidham's job so much easier. I mean, he he was play-action faking his second preseason game. I'm sure they'll have no problem doing that. He's a smart kid. And it yeah. just, like I said, it just makes it so much easier for him. It, it makes it a lot more easier throws. That's priority number one to make his job a lot easier is to get that O-line right, which tagging Thune, yep. hopefully working out an extension there, was a great piece to that getting Michelle going back to normal. Um, and like you said, you know, Andrew's up front and, and hopefully Matt Mason's back better. Isaiah Wynn stays a full, full season healthy. Um, they have a good line, really good line on paper. Do you guys, do you guys like Sony? Yeah. I'm so hit or, I'm so hit or miss on Sony. Like, I just like last year, like his rookie, you know, okay, like going into year two, I just had to be a potential like Pro Bowl back. And like last year, I was like, I just like saw so many times where like, like Sony has made like nothing really happen in my opinion. Like granted the line had some huge deficiencies. But like I look at like Brandon Bolden sometimes going there and just get a give a huge spark to the team. I just thought yeah. so many times last year they wanted Sony to be the guy so badly. And I just really think he wasn't, you know, the guy we saw in twenty eighteen. Yeah, I mean a lot of that I think a lot of that has has to do with, you know, with injuries, unfortunately. And you look at his college tape, man, and he was explosive. I mean, you look at him compared to Chubb. I mean, Chubb was the slow one, and Sony was the explosive one. Now you get to the NFL, and it's the other way around. You know, Chubb all of a sudden is, is his explosive back, and Sony's just slow plodding. He's not – you know, I think a lot of that has to do with injuries. And so, you know, he, he got his knee drained last year. Uh, he's got all sorts of knee issues. And so the question is, how, how do the knees hold up? If the knees can hold up and if they're back to him being healthy – I think you'll see a different back than you saw last year, but if it continues to degenerate and you know and it gets worse than it is, then you know you never you'll never see a guy that I think can can really make it, you know, be a strong candidate. And even like you said, you know, he could be a Pro Bowl guy, but if his knees, you know, if his knees don't cooperate, forget about it. I mean, remember he scored yeah, six touchdowns in, in the playoffs, you know. Yeah, he's no. he's a one cut guy. It's you know once he gets to the second level, he struggles, right? I mean, he's not going to be a guy that's going to break off ten to fifteen yard runs every time. You know, every three or four time he touches the ball, but he's a good right. 
back a first and second down back that can you pick you up five six yards every time and then you get guys like james white on the field and and you know guys like that that can are a little bit more explosive and, and playmaking ability but i think this is a big year for him if he can kind of return to form as he was his rookie year um that'll be big for that offense but yeah i mean it, it, it it'll be interesting to see when the when the line's healthy but Jack, before we let you go, we just want to, you know, check in on you. Obviously, friend of the show, how's the how's the recovery going? And I know I, I you know I check in with you all the time, but let everybody know, you know, obviously with the ACL injury last year, and now with this going on, it probably it's not the best, um, you know, situation. I'm sure as far as you know, getting into the gym and, and getting the recovery done. But I yeah. know if I know you, I know you're getting your work in. And um, like I said to you on the phone the other day, if there was a year to get hurt, it was probably this year, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, no, no kidding there. With I, mean, I, I just feel bad for the the, uh, the seniors in college who couldn't play their sports oh, yeah. or the, or the sure. winter athletes who couldn't go to March Madness or the hockey guys. Who really, really sucks for them. But I mean, for myself personally, I feel awesome. I mean, my knee like it might sound crazy, but it feels stronger now than it was before the surgery. And a huge part of that is my guys at PT, guys with my boils, and I'm pretty lucky where my trainer Kevin Carr has a. Has a that unfortunately go to where it's safe and it's clean. So, you know, it's it's a tough time, but I think the most important thing right now for everyone is to just keep following the guidelines that, you know, the governor and everyone's putting into place and just really paying attention to that because it's getting pretty scary. And especially for like our grandparents who are also close to and you know, see what the Patriots did today with the Kraft family, you know, sending awesome. Oh you know, the, awesome. the Patriot plan over there to get those masks. That, that's you know, that's what the Patriots are all about and Hopefully, if we all do our part, you know, at home, then we can flatten this curse soon. I agree, yeah. Jack. Well, hey, thank you so much. It's been a uh, it's been a pleasure. I know you got a little workout to catch up to, and and so you can get back on the field, right? Like Edelman says, tough times don't last. Tough people do. That can relate in a lot Absolutely. of ways right now. But um, thank you so much for coming on, brother. We're all, it's always a pleasure, and uh, we'll, we'll have to do this again for sure. For sure. Thanks, guys. Take care and be safe, fellas. Take care. Hey, you thanks, too, Jack. Jack. We'll talk to you, bud. See you, buddy. Bye-bye.